Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for WKBL Sports with Adam and Chad. Coming to you every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. from the 51 Radio Studios in Covington, Tennessee on WKBL 1250 AM. And now, the hosts of WKBL Sports, Adam Craig and Chad Gatlin. Welcome in to the show. Saturday, it is now May. You're here with us on WKBL Sports. I'm Chad Gatlin. Here with Adam Craig. He's going to tell you how you can talk to us here on the show. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, WKBL Sports, and on Twitter, at WKBL Sports. After the show, the podcast will be available on our website, WKBL1250.com, and the show's email is WKBLSports at gmail.com. And as always, we'll be on iTunes and a few of your other apps. We've got a pretty good show lined out today. Uh, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies, of course, uh, losing. You can't call it a heartbreaker because they basically lost from beginning to end uh, at here at home in Game 6. So now it goes to Game 7 tonight in Oklahoma City. Uh, the Lakers coach, Mike D'Antoni, has resigned. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and college football has finally decided how they're going to select the playoff team. So we're going to tell you how that is, give you our thoughts on that. And then we're going to wrap everything up talking about Memphis and the SEC's football schedules coming up. SEC made some important scheduling decisions recently. We're going to talk about that. But first thing we want to talk about is the 104-84 just beatdown of the Grizzlies by the Thunder. It, well, really, it came from one run by the Thunder to get out to that much, but the Grizzlies never could even put a dent in the deficit. Oh, no, it stayed a pretty much a double-digit almost the entire game. I think you can blame, if you want to blame somebody, I say you just blame the uh, Oklahoma newspaper that ran that headline about Durant on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, that's called him Mr. Unreliable because Durant goes off. I, I can't remember how many points he had off the top of my head, but uh, it was 37 points I think he had or something like that. And it was just it was just total domination, honestly. The Grizzlies just didn't have it. They Once they got down... They don't have the scoring power to overcome a deficit like that. And when they go into panic mode and try to get up and down the court, they're not that kind of team. They're not a transition basketball team. They can't move fast. And so instead of trying to chip away at it, they're trying to get it all back with threes. And that's just not their game, and it's not going to work for them. Well, they allowed the Thunder to play their game tonight, whereas before, or not tonight, uh, Thursday night, they ended up um, letting them run the game, whereas before they kept them from being able to transition very well. And they, that's why it's come down to overtime. They've done just enough. Whereas this time, you know, they were they let Oklahoma just kind of go off. And that and uh, Conley had a mild injury during the game too, and I think it affected. It was when they were trying them out a comeback, and it just affected them. Well, that, that's true, and it remains to be seen how how much that will affect him uh, tonight. We don't know that for sure, and. Tonight is, uh, I, I'm just not sure. It's going to be really tough. Even though the Grizzlies have won two in Oklahoma City, it's going to be really tough for them to close out on the road. 
in Oklahoma City and beat them in a game seven. Uh, and the Grizzlies had the odds going for them on Thursday because up until Thursday, the Grizzlies had never lost a game six. Every time they played a game six, they've won. Now you go to the opposite stat working against them is they've never won a game seven. Yeah. So yeah. The, if it's gone to seven, they've never won the seventh game. And so. And you're going to be in a hostile environment, and it's just, it just doesn't look good. I, I had said earlier that I thought that if they, they had to win tonight, yeah, which the, oh, they could have very easily have lost. Uh, I mean, not tonight, I meant Thursday, I'm sorry. I mean, they had to have won Thursday night because I don't feel that Oklahoma is going to lose that game back home. I mean, yeah, I know they beat them two of the games in the series. Yeah, but the last game on, what was it, Tuesday night? Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. night. That game, they could have very easily lost that game if it hadn't been for that last second. Well, you know. but they were up by 20 at one point. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm just saying the way the game ended, it kind of, the, the, it was, a, I mean, a, a tenth of a second. Oh, yeah, there, there's no doubt they about that. They should have easily lost. Well, like, the guy put it back of, in. And there it were should, a couple of questionable calls from referees well, yeah, on both did, ends. Yeah, not, yeah. not just, there was an out-of-bounds call that was clearly uh, wrong, and they go to the video, and they still don't overturn it. Yeah. Joey Crawford overrules the initial call from a position where he can't see it from a referee that was right in front of it. And, uh, you know, he's just I, – I, whenever I see Joey Crawford's name ready to referee, going to referee a, a game of something I'm watching, I, I know it's going to be all about him. It's going to be terrible. I don't understand how this guy still works in the NBA with the annex he pulls. And I'm not saying he's not a good referee, but he has to have too much control. He makes it all about him, and he tries to draw attention to himself in every game that he referees. And I never want to see him ref in a Grizzlies game. It all I always cringe when I see that name because this guy, this is the same guy that we talked about uh, back at the beginning of the NBA season. We were talking about him yeah. for berating a towel boy for yeah. not uh, wiping up uh, the mess properly. Yeah. And I mean, he really in in this case in Oklahoma City, he goes and berates the scores table because they're not showing enough fouls on the clock yeah. after snatching the ball out of Kevin Durant's hand. Yeah, that was what's crazy. I was watching it. I thought, what is going on? Why did he just... Like, he snatched the ball from Durant like he was snatching a cookie out of a kid's hand and oh, just yeah. took it out of the cookie Absolutely, jar. yeah. He wasn't supposed to have that ball. That was no... You weren't supposed to And then to he just it. goes over and goes off on the scores. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, I, I, I can't... This guy, I don't understand why he continues to get the referee in the NBA as much problems as he causes. I think some of it's they, they like the drama for some reason. Like I, I must, There must be a group out there that really does enjoy him enough where they think that kind of stuff is funny. Like You know how people how it is nowadays, some of that drama. It's like, oh, I people guess, watch the game to see this guy act a fool. I get that kind of it, but that's not what But no, want. I don't think. People that watch sports, they don't want. Well, no, I mean, true sports they, fans. They would, real sports fans want. The they won't want to know the referee's name. That's how you know you got a good crew is when you don't know any of their names. You know his face. You'd be like, hey, I remember that guy. But other than that, I don't care what his name is. I don't want to know. Yeah, they're not supposed make to the be right determining the game. They're yeah. just supposed to call the game as best they can. If I know the dude's name, it means he's probably made a really bad mistake. Or I've heard about this him same on Sports guy, Center before where they're making fun of him on the top ten where they same did some really bonehead. that teed up Tim Duncan from across the court for talking when there's no way he could have heard Tim Duncan say anything, and Tim Duncan didn't say anything. And, it, you know, this guy has just got a history of being a lunatic, and they really, I I wish that, in his, look, he's going to, 
He's. I think he, they said he's ref more finals games than any referee ever. Like nobody's ever going to get close to him. He's ref oh like gosh. sixty something finals he's got, games. He's got the big head, and uh, it, it's you know the. I guess the NBA likes him and likes the job he does. And I'm not saying he does a, a terrible job as a referee. He does. He has made some bad calls, but they all have. But it's just the way he goes about doing his job and the way he has to be so demonstrative and make sure that the cameras get some time on him every time. Oh. And it shouldn't be about that. It shouldn't be about the referee. So I, I can't I, – I just don't like it when Joey Crawford is reffing again. They need to have, like, the players do something kind of like in the movie The Longest Yard where those refs were messing them over and they decided to take it in their own hands. Oh, yeah. They'd throw the ball and hit them. And, yeah. You know, run them over, knock them into the sidelines and everything else. Just do that, you know, dunk on his head or something or <laughs> – accidentally throw a pass right at his head and of course you'd be ejected immediately because that's just the kind of guy but if you you knock him out of the game you can get the replacement oh it's unbelievable (laughs) the uh he that he doesn't throw more ejections oh yeah really i I saw uh the other night there was a play and i think it was in the indiana game i think he was on the indiana game the other night and uh one player pushed another player in the face and i couldn't believe crawford didn't eject somebody for that yeah and you know i think it's just certain teams i think he shows a little bit of favoritism towards certain teams well i think it's because that's not a situation that can be about joey that Crawford. Too, yeah that, like, that is true a that, fight broke out more. so it's like the obvious choice is to take care of players yeah. for that he he likes to just break up the action and yeah. all of a sudden be mad about something that nobody even knew was going on yeah he's he's he just wants the controversy and he likes the attention to be on him. There's no doubt about it. He's People can say what they want to say. And, like, I, even one guy was saying in an article I read about how he, he just has to have control over everything. Like, he's so worried about having con- I don't think that's it. I think he wants the attention. I think he's the one ref that if somebody like, uh, oh, man, the guy who played for the Chicago Bulls, it was uh, Dennis Rodman, if somebody like him was still playing – and literally picked the little ball-headed dude up and body slammed him onto the scoring table, like the crowd would probably cheer. Oh, like, yeah. well, I'll tell you this. He's one of the few that I think people would actually cheer to see him get body slammed onto the, the NBA, scoring table. In the NBA, how many other referees' names do you know? I only know two, and I, I watch he was a good bit. And I know Donahue, who got caught point-shaving, yeah. and I know Joey Crawford. Troublemakers. And so that tells you... He's not in good company. If those are the only two names I know, the guy that got caught point shaving and him. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't say, speak well for Joey Crawford. It it's, means you brought negative attention up on yourself. So Yeah. Well, the Grizzlies got to go to Oklahoma City tonight. And what do you think happens? I think they're going to drop it. I think it'll be close. I think they're going to play their butt off. But I, I think it comes down to an overtime game again. And I think they that would be up. amazing. I think Durant seals it. He somehow has always seems to do that, and I think he'll uh, make the big leap. I I think really them in San Antonio are going to be playing. Down you the think line. it'll be the so you think the Thunder will get past the Clippers after the Grizzlies series? Yeah, I think if so. it's the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still kind of up in there there, but uh, I I think so. I, I think uh, I think that's who. It. I think my my pick would be. Miami obviously out of the other side because I don't see anybody, especially if the uh, if the Pacers end up going down. It that series is three and three, so I don't know. Oh yeah, they'll they're I, they I tied think, it up Thursday, so that I thought for sure that was it because they I came, thought they were going out. Yeah, it was close, and then it ended up they came back and ended up winning that game. But uh, yeah, I think I think Miami gets that unless the Pacers somehow slip through. I think maybe they can stop Miami, but I don't know. You know they always seem to be their Achilles heel in some situations. But uh, 
I think it's going to be the, the, the you got the the Pacers and the Heat and then the, yeah uh, Thunder and San Antonio. Well, I don't know. I mean, I sure hope the Grizzlies can pull it out tonight, get a win down in OKC. Uh, some other news coming out of the NBA West. It's uh, not quite as interesting as the Grizzlies, but it does have some Memphis ties, and that's the Lakers' new coach. We'll talk about that when we come back. On WKBL Sports, Adam and Chad on 1250 AM. Go ahead. Open it. Thanks. It's a baby hazmat suit. It'll help protect your baby. There are other ways to help protect yourself and your loved ones against certain diseases. Vaccines can help and are not only important for babies and young children, but throughout your entire lifetime. To learn more about vaccines for all stages of life, talk to your healthcare professional today. A public service of Healthy Women and Merck. Hi, this is Lauren Choate with Choate's Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Are you overpaying for your heating and cooling costs? Take advantage of our best no-interest financing special we are offering. That is four years, no interest on select train complete systems. These systems can lower your cooling costs by up to 40% or more, literally paying for themselves over time. Don't need financing but would like some cash back? Carrier is offering up to $1,450 in Visa prepaid cards on select complete carrier systems. If you already know your HVAC system is leaking Freon or over 15 years old, then you should call Chotes today to receive your free estimate. Our systems come with a 10-year parts and compressor warranty and a 5-year labor warranty. Give us a call today at 755-4797 or visit our website at ChotesHVAC.com. And remember, Chotes, let our family serve your family. The right flooring adds so much to the appearance and personality of a room. And quality Tarkit flooring not only looks good, but lasts longer. That's why now's the best time to visit Eubanks Floor Store in Covington. Eubanks is a Christian-run business with years of experience in the flooring industry. And Mo Eubanks is a lifelong Tipton County resident. Featuring Tarkit flooring for all rooms, including vinyl, laminate, wood flooring, and so much more. Come see the selection now at Eubanks Floor Store, 105C Mueller Brass Road in Covington. Every single one of his medical bills, everything, is just all taken care of. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because of you. There is St. Jude. What are people saying about Wells Kitchen? I like the friendliness of the staff here. I like the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere. It's like home, like you're going to your grandma's place. Family atmosphere. The price is a good price. Yeah, but what about the food? The food's fantastic. The food is excellent. The food's just wonderful here. The food is delicious. Come see what everyone's talking about at Wells Kitchen or call in your order at 476-5750. Wells Kitchen, good food for good folks. U.S. 51 Country Classics, AM 1250, WKBL, Covington. And welcome back in. Chad and Adam here with you on WKBL Sports. Mike D'Antoni resigned from the Los Angeles Lakers earlier this week. As announced by the Lakers, I think they announced it via Twitter, which shows you just how much the world has changed just over the last few years. 
Uh, but Mike D'Antoni resigns, and I think everybody was wondering why he was still there to begin with because everybody expected him to be fired as soon as the season was over. Uh, they've allowed him to resign, and so he did that. Now that job is open, and, of course, numerous, numerous names popping up. Lionel Hollins has expressed interest in the job, former Grizzlies coach that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They, there has been a lot of talk, and they basically, the, the Lakers have said they will go after John Calipari and Kevin Ollie. Uh, Kevin Ollie, the current coach of UConn, and of course, John Calipari, former Tigers coach, now the Kentucky coach. And then there are a few others. Of course, the Van Gundy's names are always going to be in every discussion about coaches. And you've got a couple of other college coaches there. They've also, I think, asked for permission to talk to Tom Thibodeau from the Chicago Bulls, so that's a possibility as well. Uh, which I think Thibodeau would be a great move if the Lakers could get him away from Chicago. I, I'm just not sure they can because if he gets Derrick Rose back, uh, it, then he may. I think he would want to try that out for a year. If he can get Derrick Rose for a whole year, I, I think he'd really like that. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think he'll leave if they throw the right money at him because I just I, I think the Chicago the Chicago's just a sinking ship even with Rose. It just don't seem they're just falling apart. I don't. And I don't. I really personally, it's just me. I've always said I don't think Rose is. I think he's done. I, I think he'll come back, but he's not going. You tear your knees up like that. I, well, it I is hard don't. to imagine that after two ACLs you could come back. But yeah. then you know we've seen one ACL at least. Uh, uh, Adrian Peterson came back from ACL fine. Yeah. So, but he said it, he was kind of not, an anomaly as far as he how well, quickly he recovered. That's absolutely that. true. A yeah. lot of them, and in basketball, that's a lot more serious. I mean, in football, you'd think, oh, it's all, but. You're you're only playing so many we plays, whereas in basketball, yeah. yeah, there's a whole lot of pressure put on those areas, and I I think he'll just keep tearing them. I, I don't know, and it could be something. Maybe he aged his knees quicker well, than most people do. You know, yeah, some, and I, some I certainly hope it. not for his sake because you don't want to see anything like that happen to anybody, really. But uh, but I think Thibodeau could do good things at Chicago, and I don't. I definitely don't view him as a singing ship. Yeah, the end of this season was disappointing. But last season they had uh they did really well without Derrick Rose. And uh this year they actually had an impressive run after they traded Luau Dang even without Derrick Rose. And it Tom Thibodeau has shown that he can coach this team. And so you put a player like Derrick Rose in the mix, if he's three quarters of what he was, then they could still be really good. I I don't view it as a sinking ship at all. Well, I don't think because of what Thibodeau I I think he's done a good job and I think he knows he can coach anybody up. I think what it is, though, is his personnel and whether or not the whole thing with Derrick Rose. He's got just too many ifs, and, well, and you know, and, there's, and the fact that they didn't do as well this year, you know, even without Derrick Rose again, they should have probably gotten a little better. Which I mean, they made they made it as far as they did, but at the same time, I'm looking at it from I mean, strictly from the Lakers' job. It's like okay, you know, they're going to get you, which you, and you know, this guy can coach, and he, I'm sure, is confident in it. Chicago just isn't. Well, now I think the question is, though, is it that Thibodeau can coach guys who aren't superstars because they'll listen? They don't have to have the ball so much of the time, and so much of the attention doesn't have to be on them. And so, is he better in that situation than he would be going to an LA where they're going to sign players? Well, I think that's what would make the decision whether he if he doesn't take the job. And they've offered it. Like if we know, we know for sure they formally offered it or something. And he doesn't. Then I'll say yes. That's probably true. That he, that's why he stays at Chicago because he he'd rather deal with not the superstars and kind of that. But if he takes the Lakers' job, that means I guess he it don't matter. Now, do you way. think 
John Calipari is interested in the job. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I think he might be a little apprehensive because of his little run before, and, and you're not coming into a typical Lakers team. These guys are broken. Well, that's They're, that's so. true, but it is the Lakers and not the Nets. Well, that too. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not so sure. They keep putting him at the at this list. I mean, it's not necessarily the Lakers. They said they talked to him, but I, I don't know if he's necessarily, because of this past, they said, well, he's been here before and didn't do it. I think Lakers are looking more for a, somebody more slam dunk, more, you know, somebody well, that may I, not have had their chance. We've heard that they're targeting Kevin Ollie as well, yeah. who is, uh, you know, he doesn't have the coaching pedigree that Calipari does as far as accomplishments, but he does have, he is a former NBA player. Yeah, and he's connected to some, some key people down the line. Him and uh, Kevin Durant are, but it's a well known that they've been very good friends for like 12 years, and they're thinking – Historically, down or not, not, like down the line, they're looking in the future. You think, okay, you hire him. Kevin Durant goes to free agency in 2016. You, you know that that it might help lower Durant because Kobe's contract his extension to you, assuming that he doesn't get injured again. You know all that kind of thing. Okay, say he Kobe does make it. Well, then he retires after the two years, or they just say, okay, we're not going to resign him. He's just too much. Then they'll say, well, let's get Durant. We need another. Either. Don't you think or LeBron? That you know, it's just Kobe Bryant is kind of the linchpin in all of this, though, because. It's going to depend on Kobe Bryant's uh, health status as to oh, yeah. where he's at at the beginning of the next year, and then what his what he is going to do, and who he's willing to work with, Man. because he is going to. I, I'm not saying I don't know at this point in his career if Kobe's really picking the coaches, but he's definitely not going to play with certain players. Well, right. the Lakers. I, I, say I have a hard time believing him. they would bring in LeBron. James oh, yeah. off a of free while agency still there, while no. Kobe's still there. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't think and see if they don't get him next year after he comes out of free into free agency, I don't think they get him at all because he's gonna sign a con you know, somebody's gonna throw some money at him. He's either gonna stay at Miami or he's gonna end up at another program. I think I honestly I he'll, I think he'll either he'll be at Miami or he'll go back to Cleveland. I mean, I could see I a guy like LeBron James him. wanting to go to L.A. I just can't see him wanting to go while Kobe Bryant is still yeah, there. Yeah, and he won't. I, I think in 2016, that's where it all works out because Kobe, come, if he goes out, you, that's when Durant is. I just can't see Durant leaving Oklahoma City. Well, I, that too. I think they may, uh, depending on what happens tonight, for one thing, if they lose tonight against the Grizzlies, I think they look to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Uh, and oh, Scott Brooks yeah. may be in trouble as the coach, but I think they definitely look to get rid of Russell Westbrook yeah. and try to make it more centered around Durant than it is right now. Get a facilitating point guard rather than a scoring yeah. point guard. And uh, so I think they try to make some moves in the offseason there just to keep Durant happy. I, I just can't see. Durant's built his career at Oklahoma. It's close to where he went to college. I, I think he's pretty happy where he's at. Yeah, I think it would be a hard sell to get him to go to the Lakers. I uh, Now, I don't think that we're getting wet rest getting rid of Westbrook would be the right move. I think they need to do the whole trifecta thing like they've done at Miami and Boston. Pick up another guy that's a high-scoring, you know, 20-point-a-game kind of dude, and then you got three players. Because right now all we're seeing is Durant and Westbrook are pretty much, you know, 70% of the points. Well, they take the all points. the shots. Yeah. But You're going to be 70%. Third guy that, it, well, if they pass the ball, they would add a third yeah. guy to that. Well, yeah. We don't know what the other – Cephalosha has proven that he can score, but they're, they're not giving him the ball yeah. as much. And that's where I think the coach is going to be in trouble if that, at that point. Unless it's the oh, yeah, See, I don't know who's calling the, that shot. You know, because the, the coach, entire the – it seems, though, like the entire offense revolves around Durant and Westbrook. Yeah. And we saw – 
in the last game, in Thursday night's game, Nick Collison passed up an open jumper where nobody contested was even near him. He could have taken two steps forward and taken it down oh, in the paint. He was, he was close times. to the top of the key. And he could have taken this open shot. And instead, he waits. Man, it seemed like forever. It was probably five seconds. He looked around until he could find Durant and passed it to Durant for a contested three. It doesn't make any sense, no. the things they do a lot of times. Now, I mean, you know, granted... They beat the Grizzlies by twenty, so uh, yeah. you know it worked out okay. But but it's it's the reason that they didn't get this series in five games. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we you can tell just by watching several of the games we've seen that that's the way it's going. I but I still think if they add, they probably have the talent to not have to add a third guy. But for some reason, maybe they need to add that somebody else that's like a Dwayne Wade or Bosch or somebody like that. Now I don't mean them, but I'm saying somebody that's kind of got that supporting role. Throw them in there. And then that'll complete their little trifecta and let those three. Because if you got another guy averaging about 20 points a game, that's taking, the, giving him a little more share of the shots, which they probably have. So, like you said, they've got some other guys that probably can step into that anyway if they just let them do it. They'd be dominating. I mean, you wouldn't be able to stop them if you've got three. It's what all the big teams seem to have. You know, Miami, you've got one or somebody always steps up when the other one does go down, but there's always something. Yeah, it, I, it I does, think that's what they're missing at Oklahoma City. They always get so close. And it's like you're missing that one. And that's what it is. If you got that one consistent twenty point guy, you got it. They, they're unstoppable. Now, I honestly almost. think that uh, a guy. The only thing I'll say about Durant going to the Lakers is, uh, of course, you got you would have Kobe exiting at that point. But at this point, Kobe would at this point in his career he could be more of a facilitating point guard. He has the court vision, and he would be a good combination with Durant at this point. Uh, but you're, that's not going to happen because Durant's sticking around Oklahoma for or a while. what about the one possibility? Well, and I don't know people say, oh, no, no, it ain't going to happen, happen. But what about Carmelo Anthony? I mean, I know he's he's probably going to stay with the Knicks, but if they throw the right money at him, well, that's and true. Him a, and Kobe and look, likes him okay. This coaching I mean, situation at, at L.A., I think, is going to have a lot to do with what they're what moves they're willing to make and what players are willing to do in the offseason. Well, the Lakers already said that if based on, like, if somebody like LeBron or Durant says, hey, if you get this guy, I'll come. Then they'll that, get they'll, that guy. Oh, yeah, that dude's going to yeah. be the next coach. Which that, See, that's all still got to play out. We don't know. Uh, somebody we didn't mention, uh, Derek Fisher, they're talking about. Uh, oh yeah, Derek Fisher going straight and, from uh, like uh, doing retiring the, uh, and then going straight into coaching now. Uh, just like Jason, Jason Kidd, Kidd did, yeah. and then you and, got Jeff Van Gundy from ESPN, the analyst. Yeah, well, he, he's coming back to coaching, or his yeah. brother Steve. Yeah. Uh, either way, they've one. actually said they were going to interview him, and then you have Byron Scott and Kurt Rambis. Uh, Rambis used to be a, uh, a coach; he already coached as an assistant for a little bit at Lakers, and they let him go. And these guys, they played for the Lakers in the 80s, in case you know, anybody out there that's not familiar with those two. They were former Laker players. So just like Fisher, you know, he was a former Laker also. So. Well, it remains to be seen. We will soon see what happens with that situation with the Lakers. I don't think they're going to mess around too long. They say they're going to well, be long and deliberate, but sometimes that means a week. I think so, we're looking Calipari or Ollie, I think. Whichever one they can lure away, I think that's. I, I honestly think it's between Calipari, Calipari and Thibodeau. Uh, that's that's my uh, opinion. Thibodeau you think Ollie and Calipari? We'll see how it goes. Uh, coming up next, they figured out how they're going to do the college playoff, so we're going to tell you how they're going to do that right here on WKBL Sports with Adam and Chad on twelve fifty a.m.
If you want high-quality food and one-of-a-kind treats, Dairy Queen Grill and Chill in Ripley and Atoka is the only place to get you full for lunch, dinner, or a quick snack. DQ has it all, from our mouth-watering grill burgers to our one-and-only chicken strip basket, all the way to our one-of-a-kind blizzards, famous DQ shakes, and orange Julius beverages. So the next time you're in the mood for great fun, food, and people, stop by Dairy Queen Grill and Chill in Ripley or Atoka. Dairy Queen, so good, it's ridiculous. This is Keith Baird from the all-new Baird Chevrolet in Covington, Tennessee. Yes, that's right, your new hometown dealer that's here to serve you. Baird has been in the automotive business for over two decades, and Baird wants to earn your business. Save thousands on any new or pre-owned vehicle in stock. Construction crews are coming, and Baird Chevrolet must make room and make room now. Best of all, Baird will pay top dollar for your trade. Good credit, bad credit, no problem. You're approved at Baird. Just give my sales staff 15 minutes to show you the Baird way. Yes, that's right, Baird can do it all for you. Come check us out at Baird Chevrolet on Highway 51 South in Covington, Tennessee or log on to TennesseeChevrolet.com At Baird, there's a difference You will clearly see You're always a VIP Saving service, great selection too Baird does it all for you See dealer for details no matter how many horses you feed, you can feed them all the same diet. Purina Strategy, the feed for every horse at every life stage, from growing to breeding to show to performance. Even better, Strategy is nutrient-dense, so you can feed less and save money. Your local Purina feed dealer is Home Hardware Center in Ripley. On Highway 51, Home Hardware Center is dedicated to providing not only the best products, but the best customer service, too. You'll find the friendly staff eager to help you get whatever you and your horses need. Purina. Horses make better people, and we make better horses. Cooper Tire not only has the best tires in the business, they also have the best dealers. People who make sure you're getting the right tire for your needs and budget. So stop into your local Cooper Tires dealer. You'll find that great performance isn't just limited to our tires. Hey, I'm Johnny Unser, technical advisor for Cooper. If you're looking for great style, great performance, and great service, look to your local Cooper Tire dealer and don't give up a thing. Visit the crew at Glass Tire and Muffler, 410 Highway 51 South in Covington. Just one more lap, and Eggle will be the youngest winner in greatest. Why is he pulling into the pit? Tom, what the? Just remembered, it's my 18th birthday. I gotta register with Selective Service. Give me the Wi-Fi laptop. But look, registration's important to our country and to me. I can't even renew my driver's license most places unless I register. Tom! And by the time you're through arguing, I'm already done. Guys, register with Selective Service online at sss.gov or at the post office. It's the law. Welcome back. WKBL Sports, the college football playoff, one of the most anticipated things in sports will start this year, and they have just decided how they're going to choose the teams, and Adam has all the information on that. Adam? Yeah, they uh, they met this week and ironed out some of the details, because at first everybody was like, well, how are they going to pick? How are they going to do this? Well, what it is, you got the 13-member uh, panel. And they're using the same procedures they do to create the 68-team basketball selection for the you know, for Final Four tournament or whatever you want to call it. Um, what they're going to do after they do that, once they get the their – they're going to do like a – instead of top four, everybody thinks, oh, they're going to do top four. They ruled that out right away. They're not going to just pick a top four at the end of the season. And that's what everybody's been thinking. Oh, they'll just pick their best four at the end. That's not the case. They, ruled, they all voted on that and said, no, this isn't going to happen. What they're going to do is they're going to release rankings – 
every week, like a top 25. But um, it's going to come out right after the BCS rankings, so probably week. I think the BCS comes out week six, so it'll probably be week seven. Wait, they're not going to do BCS rankings anymore, right? No, no they are. No, they For are. For what purpose? They just because. Just, just I, I don't know why. They, they're just going to still going to have the AP poll and coaches poll and all that. Well, I know they'll still have I the AP poll and coaches poll. Reasons, That'll never go away, but, but the BCS poll was only to to pick BCS bowls, which don't exist. I, I guess they're... Well, no, they're still going to have bowl, the bowl game. I think. Well, yeah, though the the actual but, bowls that but they those were, but are they're selected not, using some. They said some metric of the BCS rankings is going to determine the bowl after the playoff. The playoff picture is just going to. That's the only thing that these guys are deciding. It's not. They're not there to pick all the bowl games. Yeah, okay, they're just but selecting the, the, the BCS playoff. thing but wasn't the, there to pick all of them. It was only there to pick five. Well, of yeah, but they're so. going to use the. They're going to use the the playoff. The, they're going to do playoff of four teams. The rest of the teams for the other bowls, I must, the way that it was worded, because I think some of that still yet to be voted on, is going to involve kind of the same way they selected the bowl games before. They used some of the BCS rankings to determine like tiebreakers and things to decide, okay, well, we'd rather have this team or that team. They're, it's going to have some kind of function, but it's not going to be used. So now we're, we've aspect. got a fourth rankings. Now we've got four rankings we're going to have to follow. AP. We're gonna to have to follow the coaches' poll. We're gonna to have to follow, and then eight, eight weeks well, in, we gotta follow the BCS. The BCS is really and then we gotta follow the playoff poll. Well, now the BCS really isn't gonna have any significance other than the teams that are non. Like the BCS won't determine who goes to the playoffs. Who not? Like they're not gonna say the top four BCS teams are in. That doesn't necessarily determine. It could be a sixth place BCS team that goes in the playoff because they're not based on. BCS ranking. It's just, so what metrics are they using specifically to determine, like, how are they determining things like strength of schedule and stuff like that? They What they're going to do is they're going to vote on the each week on the top 25, and they're going to they're, they're not going to vote. Like, Wait, now how many people? There's only, like... There's what, 13 of them. Yeah, 13 well, people. Well, this is what they're going to do. Certain, now, there's some rules. If you're, during the week, if the team that's in the top four that week or whatever... If you have any connection to that school, if you're a paid employee of that school, or if you have family members that work for that school, you're not eligible to vote that week if they're in the top four or top ten or whatever. I forget whether there's well, like that's a that's crazy because but, all the people they picked have ties to some school. I, I mean, well, yeah, but everybody not, that sits on the committee. Yeah, I know, but that's the same. But the way it, it apparently the way it, when they when I what I was reading the, with the thirteen, there's ways to it guarantees that there's not tiebreakers and things like that. it's always going to eliminate enough people because i think they so it's going to be but their top four at the end of the year will well be, however it works it, out after, be after the rankings change weekly after conference championship games yeah and so whatever the their whole top body four is at the end of the year yeah, for that, them that, their poll yeah that's the playoff yeah and they'll vote and they'll say well if they have a disagreement if they have some kind of stalemate with the who's going to be the top four they what they're going to do is they separate the teams into the groups then they pick the best team out of that group, the best team out of that group, best team out of that group, and then those are the teams that are picked. It's uh, it's kind of some of the stuff they didn't give like very super specific on how what are the bowls going to be. What are the what are the uh the it's three bowls? I mean, well, the one bowl will be the national championship. The the championship game will be the championship. But aren't there aren't the two playoff games no. the the final four games bowls? No, they're going to be completely separate. There's the now the Sugar Bowl is like a SEC versus Big 12, the next best teams kind of bowl. It's not going to be like it used to be. 
There's not. They're not. Well, you thought that originally. You know, again, the Orange Bowl is one of the playoff games. The Sugar Bowl is right. another. That's not the case. Now, of course, they're already talking about expanding the playoffs before we've even had one year of playoffs. There's already been talk by coaches of expanding the playoffs. Uh, do you think we're any closer to that? No. From what I've – and it's up to the playoff committee, supposedly, to make a vote on that. After the first year, they were talking about things they vote on, and that was one of them that they could vote on. But they're going to wait till after the first year. They said there might be some kinks and things like that. And then, like the whole thing about you don't have to be the champion of your conference to get into this. That's that's one of the rules. They they voted and they said no. It, it's it's going to be the the four best teams, regardless of conference affiliation. Regardless, there's no limits. I think that's something too that people thought. Oh, it can't be even more than one from a conference. The BCS had rules with the BCS bowls that. No more than two. No, yeah. Conference, right. Well, in the, with the playoff, which in the odds are astronomical that you did end up with three. Well, not astronomical. I guess I, you could very well see the SEC doing it. Uh, but, I couldn't see them getting four. Not four. four no, 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 not four. Three. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Three more than three. Two. I, I don't now, know about that. It could very well happen because if you look at some of the past years, the, in the AP or the way the BCS rankings were, there were three teams in the top four a couple times in the last seven years. That would years. cause such a oh, I know. But I don't, I don't. But see, now that you got people voting on it, I think that would. And that's I don't know how happen. I feel about not having to win your uh, conference either. Well, that's been a big argument with a lot of them. But the way they say it, it's kind of like the people that Let wanted to complain this. about that with the BCS saying, well, then you'll have two teams in the same conference. That, well, you, you asked for a playoff, and now you got it. Well, so that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, but what you're saying is you got to like, take the top four best teams. You want to put the best teams. But best best teams is, is very subjective to what you consider – in football, especially more so than any other sport, because uh, number one, football doesn't play nearly as many games as other sports to determine th- things like that. And also, I mean, best team, they don't play a lot of the same people. It's not like pro sports where they they've all got a lot of common opponents. They, there's a lot of they don't play a lot of the same people. So determining who the best team is is really subjective. Well, now they're doing a lot. Well, now because they're going to do a lot like the basketball, where I mean, I understand they don't play as many games. But you'll have things sort of like an RPI kind of. They mentioned that there's something that's going to involve strength. Whereas before it was barely subjective, but now there's kind of a, a science to it. Like the ways they show, because they, they haven't shown the full layout of how they're going to do it completely. But from what I they've told us. Well, but in is, basketball, conference champions get an automatic bid into the tournament. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one big. But as far as the way they pick. These teams, it's not going to be like, well, the top four in the BCS and AP, this is what everybody thinks. Like, it's been in the past where all the little votes all come together. Now well, yeah. it's going to be more of, okay, if you got a, I don't know, a, a two undefeated teams, you know they're going to go. But if you got after that, once you get to like, if you got seven one-loss teams, that's where they're going to go, okay, who do these guys play? Where's their strength of schedule? Are there any common opponents? And that's what they were talking about, grouping them up in groups. If you have like eight, they'll have group four group. Uh, they'll take four of them and put them in one loss group, four group another, and they'll make them separate votes where they can't see what each other are voting for. They say, okay, you vote for who you think is the best in this group of four. You vote who you think, and then they pick that one team, that team, and then they throw them in, and that's just how it goes. I know that a lot of people will disagree with me, but I like the BCS better when it was completely determined by computers and metrics that you could put on paper and not – subjected to the votes of the AP and and the so-called eye test, even though I do understand that sometimes, look, I'm I'm the biggest, I'm the one, and I'll say this about uh, even basketball, I'll say it about the Grizzlies when they start doing things with uh, based on numbers, and you can't base everything on numbers. And I'm, I'm one of the biggest ones that says that. You can't do that. At the same time, though, I think the only 
that's when you're picking players and putting a team together. I don't believe as much in the metrics and all of that as, you know, I think it should be factored into an eye test. I don't think the eye test is applicable to choosing playoff teams because it's not, there's no one, it's more fair if it's straight out on paper, this is what you got to do. And you can actually show why, not just, well, I've seen both teams and I think this other team is better. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's, it's never going to be 100% fair, okay? And everybody right. should understand. Somebody's that. always going to get left out. Just like in the, that's why they went to 68 basketball teams. There's always somebody still whining about that, oh, yeah. which I think is too well, many. It's, it's hard like to determine. Even things are hard to determine, like uh, strength of schedule, because you have margin of victory, but you have to, you have to uh, temper margin of victory with strength of schedule and who they yeah. were playing, because it could, like offensive efficiency could be a lot because of who your opponent was and but you can only judge the opponent off of their opponents and so you don't get a wide enough sample size because a lot of the teams that end up in don't play uh that end up in in there in the end haven't played some any common opponents they're yeah. all from different conferences they and, hadn't played any common opponents that's where i think that's why they're going to lie a little heavier on the strength of schedule to use at least some kind of metric that can give them an idea it's like it won't be these teams that go through a cruddy schedule and get lucky and then get in there. It won't be. You know, it might so be eleven your, and one. At least to your understanding, it's going to be a little bit like the RPI. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Well, when, as far as their selection with the that's similar, except to the for it's side. voting, they're not going to. But they're not assigning points like the RPI. Yeah, does. no, yeah, they're not assigning points. No, no, it's one of those things where there's a. I guess they might have a strength of one through twenty or one through twenty six or however many now after this year. Now it changed. Um, like something like that, a strength of schedule thing, but they're not, it's not necessarily going to be a point thing. They'll just look and say, okay, their strength of schedule is, you know, nine, this one's, you know, 15. And if they got to choose between those two, they're going to go, well, their strength schedule is nine, so that's who I'm going with, you know. All but right. they're letting them vote on it. Now, another guy might do that, and, and he might say, well, even though there's a 15, I'm voting for them, you know. So it's kind of, they can't vote for their own team, though. Well, like, let's get a uh, let's get a way too early prediction who you think is going to be the first champion in the playoff era of college football. I know everybody out there is going, I bet you you're going to say Alabama. No, Alabama's rebuilding a little this year. It's not going to be Alabama. Um, do I think they can make the playoff? Yes, maybe not. I, don't I think this year I'm going to totally come out of nowhere. I think LSU. You think LSU really? They, I think they can. They can. Well, it's going to depend on their quarterback. But actually, Auburn probably would be my better. Auburn or LSU out of the West, I think, would be one one of the others. As much as I hate to say Auburn, I, I just they're going to be We're better. We're so early. I'll just yeah. I'll just pick Memphis. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Memphis sneaks in, gets it done. <laughs> now that would be a, a good that would be amazing. There. It would be a great time to be in this city. It'd be I'll like the that. Auburn guys last year betting on Auburn getting there. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the SEC's new scheduling policies along with the schedules for the SEC teams that have been released and Memphis. That's when we come back, WKBL Sports, 1250 AM. This is Daniel Rogers from Turning Wrenches, your full-service auto repair shop in Covington. At Turning Wrenches, we not only provide top-notch service and repair with ASC-certified technicians, we also provide a lifetime warranty on many of our repairs. We also do diesel repair, ATV repair, and even marine repairs. If you want quality repair work, dedicated customer service, and a lifetime warranty, there's only one place to go. Come see us at Turning Wrenches, located at 515 Highway 51 North in Covington, or call us at 476-4002. 
Okay, next on our agenda, finding a company to help us in our growing computer and network needs. Smedley, you've done the research. Yes, sir, I have. I recommend TCPC. I want a company that's reliable, established. TCPC's been in business since 1993. That's a long time in IT. Can they help us with our network? They support clients with thousands of PCs. They design, build, and install servers and workstations for businesses of all sizes. Does TCPC consult with clients? Sure, sir. They'll provide a free on-site assessment of our entire enterprise and recommend the proper solution for our needs. When our systems go down, I want someone right away. We can't afford to be down for long. Their techs provide same-day emergency service. They're always ready for their clients. Uh-huh. Well, what about hosting our website? Yes, sir. Firewall. Yep. Security services. Uh-huh. Well, what about spam? Yep. Viruses. Check. Fireware. Of course. I guess TCPC really is a total solution provider. How do we call them? Toll-free, 888-794-TCPC or check out MidSouthService.com. Honey, get the kids. We're taking a vacation. Now? Yep, a nine-inning vacation at AutoZone Park. Will we see animals? You bet. We're going to do some red bird watching, and we'll even see Rocky. Will we have fun? We'll play games on the boardwalk, dance to the music, maybe even catch a T-shirt from the Red Hots. Will there be good food? The best. Plump hot dogs, delicious barbecue nachos. Barbecue nachos? Kids. Get in the car. Book your 9 inning vacation with the Redbirds today. Call 901-721-6000 or visit memphisredbirds.com. Armstrong Farms Feed and Tack has all you need in one convenient location on Big Creek Drive off Highway 51. Saddles and supplies for your horses, like Wrangler 10% Sweet Feed for only $7.98 and Stock and Stable 12% Pellet for $8.75. Food and treats for dogs, too. All Western wear, including Ariat, Wrangler, and Cruel Girl is 20% off. Boots are buy one, get one half off. Come see the difference a family business makes at Armstrong Farms Feed and Tack. 63 Big Creek Drive in Atoka, just off Highway 51 behind Quality Tire. McGruff the Crime Dog here. Listen up to see how easily scammers can defraud senior citizens. Hello? I'm Steve from your bank. We've had a security breach. So I'm calling to make sure your account hasn't been compromised in any way. Thank you. If you kindly read your credit card number and expiration... Smooth-talking criminals convincing the elderly to discuss private information. The National Crime Prevention Council wants you to know how to spot a scam and report it to local law enforcement. Learn more at ncpc.org forward slash seniors. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Department of Justice. And we're back for the final segment here on WKBL Sports on 1250 AM. I'm Chad. He's Adam. We're going to talk about they've released some of the football schedules. One of the main things that came out uh, this week was the SEC met about their future scheduling and decided not to go to nine conference games. They're going to stay with eight conference games. However, it will be mandatory for one of your non-conference games to be from one of the top five conferences, perceived power five conferences. Yeah. So that, with that in mind, we're going to start talking about these schedules that are out right now and who's going to play who. Uh, but we're going to start with the local team first before we get into the SEC. We'll start with the Memphis Tigers. What does their schedule look like, Adam? Uh, it's it's going to be a little tough on them this year, I think. Uh, they start off with Austin P, which... That's you know, it's at home. That that should be a win. It but, better be a win. Yeah, that it, one loss to Austin P. I think is the worst thing I've seen in a while. Then it kind of is going to hope that they've made some strides in the off season because they go. Or no, it was UT Martin. I'm sorry, yeah, it wasn't UT Austin Martin, P. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they should. They're kind of in the same little right, group so, though. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. You, these are teams you should beat. Of course, UT Martin's. I think Austin P. Has but, beat Memphis before. Honestly, I, I think I it's think happened. So. I'm sure it's happened with a few of them, but. They uh, and then it gets bad though. They go out to UCLA the very next week. That's a tough. That's and a tough road. UCLA's kind of on the up right now. And then 
you got to you got Middle Tennessee coming into town, which that that's never going to be easy game. They're ready to play. It's not like like a little mini in state rival deal. Then they go to Ole Miss right after that. So it's like every it's other a week, rough front load. Ole Miss schedule. is going to be loaded this year. They're going to be better oh, yeah. than last year. So. It's going to be very front loaded schedule. Yeah. I'd say the only good thing about the Ole Miss uh, game is not being first on the schedule. Uh, being having to play an SEC team for your first game as Memphis has been pretty rough. Yeah. But I think if you got a couple weeks to get the kinks worked out, you may can hold your own a little better. Yeah, and I mean nobody's really going to expect them to beat UCLA or Ole Miss. If they just play them decent, I think it'll be. And you know, those are going to be televised. Well, Ole Miss, you know, because the SEC network. That's going to be sort of nationally, you know. We haven't seen all the providers yet, but there's quite a few big ones that are going to be carrying that. Uh, UCLA, I'm I, maybe. It just depends on who's playing the second week. I don't know. It depends on who everybody else is playing. Really, the only two games they've got listed for Memphis right now that are even going to be on ESPN are uh, the Tulsa game and Temple game, and those are the end of October and early November, right after Halloween. So. Well, I think they'll all end up being on one of the ESPN outlets uh, due to contract. Or I, I think there's some fallback with CBS Sports. Uh, so, I, I, But now I may be wrong about that, but I think all the football games end up being – all the American Conference football games end up being on ESPN in one, ESPN in one form or another. Now, it may be on ESPN 3, only online. I don't know. Well, but. and that's something, too, uh, for any of you local people uh, – we now, if you have uh, Ritter around here, you we now have ESPN three. If you had Millington before, you couldn't oh, wait, get ESPN three. Oh, you have it now? Yeah, Ritter, you can get it. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. I had no that idea. That was something. I guess they put that out there right away. They're, they're one of the because before Millington never had that agreement with ESPN or something. I mean, they always all the other ones did, but they didn't. Yeah. So I could never watch ESPN three and watch these games. Now Ritter's taken over. They've they've bought Millington. It's been a while. I'm sure everybody out there, if you got it, you know the whole deal. They uh, have where you can watch all of ESPN three. So anytime Memphis is on ESPN three, I was not aware of that, yeah. and uh, so because I have Ritter Internet, and yeah. so I'm assuming that it's your. It, well, I know, I know it's your internet provider. So yeah. uh, I got the DSL, right? Uh, so I, I'll be able to now get the watch ESPN app and all of that, mm-hmm. and it'll be it'll work. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I, you, that's breaking news. Yeah. Here on WKBL Sports, yeah, that, if you're a Ritter. And all their stuff went to discussion. Gmail and Google, and they got all that good stuff now, too. So it's good stuff. So you so everybody out there, you'll be able to use ESPN3 now. So you're saying, I couldn't see the game because you know, I don't so have you that just gotta, You have to have your login. Yeah, pretty much. For the, okay. Yeah, you log in and just do. Now on that little list that pops down, it used to be you say, well, mine list ain't on there. I can't so watch now, it yeah. Now they, you they can. probably will be able to see a lot of Memphis games oh, on yeah. ESPN3. There were a lot of them on ESPN3 the year before last. Before, yeah. I mean, before they went to uh, American Conference anyway. Yeah. So now, I mean, like you said, though, most of them will probably be on the other affiliates or you know something like that. But, well, moving on in, uh, into the SEC, let's talk some uh, Tennessee Vols schedule. Get that pulled yeah. up and see where they're headed. And they're kind of front-loaded in kind of an odd way. Their first two games start out on the SEC Network. You got Utah State. Utah State's no joke. They're one of them teams that will come out of nowhere. I don't know. I they think they finished out strong last year, and they yeah, gave, but they've given not, Auburn all they could handle a few times. So It's not the same as Utah. It, well, no, no, it's definitely not. No, Utah, that would definitely be. And I'm thinking you're coming off a of, – got a Tennessee team that had a strong recruiting class – and now they could come out and just freaking smack these guys in the face if they wanted. This will this game will actually be a good test because they're a team that yeah they're on the lower end, but they kind of they play hard. So if they come well, in here and they smack them around, they'll tell you okay. Well, and then they got Arkansas State right after that. 
Arkansas State's one of the teams you never know. Well, yeah, which way and that's of course come. another new uh, another newer yeah, coach in the, in the coaching carousel at Arkansas State. But they yeah. always turn out to be strong. Usually, when that first coach gets there, they come out swinging. Yeah, and, they do well. They do so well in recruiting at Arkansas yeah. State and picking up these guys that. You know, they're they're not going to get any of the guys that the big schools offer, and they don't go after it. But they're they're able to pick these little diamonds in the rough out and, and really have a good team. Oh yeah, and these guys, and both of these are home games for UT. So Tennessee will have to start off, the, you know, to work some of the kinks out. And these guys are, you know, just good enough to give them some good experience. Uh, then this is when it gets real. They got they go to Oklahoma and Georgia back to back. Uh, and Oklahoma's got every lot coming back. You know, I I, I hope you beat them, Vols, because I'm really not happy with Oklahoma I'll say this, right now. Oklahoma, but, you know, I don't know. I you know, and you it, never know. It, Tennessee that's a really can, tough way. That's a tough way to go. Georgia, Tennessee always gives Georgia. Fits. Oh yeah, they will. It's it doesn't rivalry. matter if Tennessee's but the worst team in the league and Georgia's the best team. They're still going to get. And this fits. is the only difference going to be this year is Georgia has a new D coordinator, and this dude is the real deal. And it's not just me tooting horn. He was Alabama's D coordinator during their title game. Oh, I should have known. But he was Florida State's D coordinator last year. The dude's won four national championships at two different schools as a D coordinator. He dude knows what he's doing. He's not. He, this is no joke. Like I, I'm not saying because he's from Alabama. This guy, he's he's wanting to do it at Georgia. I mean, he's done it everywhere he's been. So this guy, he's going to change their defense. If not this year, now their defense is going to get a little stouter next the next year. You gotta watch out. This dude's turned him around in two years. He was part of the reason that helped Kirby Smart. He was under Kirby Smart and Saban, so he's he's kind of you know. And he took it to Florida State. He wasn't Florida State, but one year he gets there and bam, they they win a title and, it's and like, top defensive team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and they they mimicked Alabama a whole lot. Like he he's got their system down, and that's what he's gonna do at Georgia. Georgia's defense is gonna, but like I said though, Tennessee's gonna give them crap regardless of how good their defense is, and their offense is kind of all screwy right now. So, and Tennessee's, you know, I think they're, they're going to be on up this year. And then they got Florida right after that, though. It, That's it's just, rough. And then, then of course, you got a little layoff of Chattanooga. And then, then Ole Miss. And Ole Miss will play, you know, tough. And then they got to go to, you know, they're going to have Alabama at home. So, that's better to play. And then they got to go to South Carolina. Schedules. And then, of course, at the end, it gets easier. You got Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. And I just think, you know, Kentucky's going to be a little better. Well, they, they always catch lost. a break at the end because yeah. somehow they work it that way. And what about Ole Miss? Like, What's Ole Miss' schedule looking like? They are – their schedule's pretty tough. Um, let me see if I can pull that up. Oh, they play Boise State right off the bat. Normally, I'd be excited about this game, but now that you know Chris Johnson yeah, – he's uh, – not Peterson, I'm sorry. I'm going to call Chris Johnson. That's the football player for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris Peterson. Now that he's left, it will, this, game, this game could be really interesting, though. Because of that, I, I but I'm not as excited about it because I don't know if the who's coming in is going to be able to make the magic happen. You know, I don't, I don't just don't. Know. But then after that, it's boring. Vanderbilt, Louisiana, Lafayette, and of course they played Memphis, which for them though they start off powder puff. I mean, it's depending on how Boise State is, and then it gets real because they got Alabama, Texas A&M, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn all back to back. I'm hoping that Memphis won't That's turn rough. out to be a powder puff for them. So well, now, now I, I well, hope not. But the way it's been in the past, you know, Memphis is probably one of those teams that last year their record doesn't tell the whole story because they were really a lot better than their record. Oh shows. yeah, we saw but they they had it so also, much potential. What does that tell you? I mean, that they couldn't win all these games that they should have won. Yeah. I mean, they really should have been They're probably so eight and four. Yeah, and I mean, they had they Central Florida where they wanted them. It just it just didn't pan out the way they wanted. But uh, you know. 
I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think Memphis makes a bowl this year. I think they can. Uh, and they very well could. Tennessee, I think, I think Tennessee will make a bowl this year, no doubt. I think yeah. Ole Miss could be a dark horse contender for the West. Uh, they Some people have been saying that. Some of them really think that they could win the West. And I'm, I don't see them beating the, – their schedule's so rough in the middle – I just don't see them getting past that five game stretch. I, between A and M, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama, I think they come in two and two. Out well, of that. if you pick up two, though, momentum kind of rolls on your side sometimes, and you can roll through the That's others. True. I mean, they could, I, I, barring injuries and things like that. I, I just all don't right. Let's know. jump over to your team, Alabama. What are they looking like? Uh, we, they start off with West Virginia, which would have been a better game, but West Virginia has kind of fallen off. So they get three powder puffs. If West Virginia is like they've been, they got Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss. It's, and then it gets into the meat. They get, they play Florida, then Ole Miss, Arkansas, A and M, Tennessee, LSU, and then of course Auburn at the end. Then you got Mississippi State and Western Carolina in there. Alabama's got a lot of puff and fluff this year because of the downfall of some of these teams. You know, West Virginia's kind of and of course off. they you, like you said Auburn at the end. They always got to play Auburn oh, at yeah. the end. And and that game is going to be scary for them. Yeah, because, and absolutely Auburn could look to uh, repeat a trip to to the oh, title yeah, game this year. Definitely. Hey, you know, especially now with the playoff format, that, that could play to the advantage of a, of a SEC team that's taking its knocks. Uh, oh, definitely. Am. You know, playing rough, uh, whereas some other teams may have been able to skate the last couple of weeks. SEC team is going to have played a rough, for the most part, Yeah, will have played a rough skate. They will have at least played a rough championship game. Well, yeah, and then the, that's what helps them more than anything, I think, is the SEC talking guarantees them a big-time opponent right there at the very end. That's saying, oh, it's not that, you know, but that, that does boost them up. It helps. And Kansas State is the big boy for Auburn. You know, he picked five, one out of each five, the top conference, whatever. Oklahoma's, Tennessee's, or, and then you had uh, Kansas State for – for Auburn, Alabama has West Virginia. You know, it's just huge. Yeah, top notch. Yeah. <laughs> Even Memphis got one. They got UCLA in there. So <laughs> That's right. Well, they got UCLA and Ole Miss. They yeah. got two. Yeah. Look out. That's going to do it for us this week. Join us next week, 10 a.m. Sunday, WKBL Sports Lab and Chad on 12.50 a.m. This is Chad for Adam Craig. See y'all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.